welcome tonight. I'd like to welcome you on behalf of our pastor, Pastor Ben, to Wednesday Night Prayer. Thank you for being here. You literally could be any place on the face of the planet tonight, but instead you've chosen to be here, and thank you. And God, of course, is every place on the face of the planet tonight, and He is here too. I anticipate with what will take place in this prayer that things will be different. I anticipate that relationships will be healed, marriages will be strengthened. I anticipate that changes will take place because of what we do here tonight. Because the Word tells us that where two or more are gathered in His presence, He's here, things change. Prayer changes things. And God is here. He's here because He cares. The Bible tells us He cares for you. Specifically, you. What's important to you is important to Him because it's important to you. So tonight, as we come together in prayer, we're going to focus on marriage and family. And again, I want to thank you for being here. We're going to begin tonight praying for those marriages that are strong. I thank God for strong marriages. We need strong marriages. We need marriages where the bonds have not weakened. We need marriages where couples are so in love with Jesus that they're drawn together so tight that there is no beginning, there is no end, there is no seam. They're brought together. We pray that they would remain in Christ because the only way to be strong is to be in Christ. If you don't have Jesus in your marriage, there's no way to be strong. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you that we remain in you. I thank you, Lord, that strong marriages are focused on you. I thank you that our eyes are on you. We're looking for you to satisfy. We're looking for you to complete. We're looking for you to make us whole. We're looking for you for answers to our problems. We're looking for you because without you, there is no answer. You are the answer, Jesus, to every problem we have. You're the answer to every question there is. Lord, I pray for strong marriages that they would stand firm against the attacks of the enemy. Because one thing we know for sure is that the enemy will attack. We know that the storms of life will burst upon us without warning, without any, without any sign. It's just going to burst upon us. But in the midst of that, we have the promise of God that we will not be blown away. We have the promise of God that we're on the foundation of his rock. Lord, I pray for strong marriages that they would be examples for others. Lord, nobody wants to be an example. Nobody wants to be pointed out, looked at. But Lord, we need people who are willing to be examples for others. We're willing, we need people, Lord God, who are willing to say, I'm going to be an example of Christ in my marriage. Lord, that, that people could look at them and say, I want to be like that. I want some of that for me. I want some of that for my wife. And that they would leave a legacy for their children and grandchildren, as well as others around them. Leave a foundation for others to stand on. Leave a place, a mark in this world that changes it. In Hebrews 13 and 6, it says, don't forget to do good. Do good for your wife. Do good for your husband. Do good for your children. When you have the choice, and you always have the choice, choose to do good. Choose not to be selfish, but to treat others as you desire to be treated. You know what you like. Treat others that way. And share, and to share what you have with others in need. You say, what do I have to share? You have your testimony. You have what God has done in your life. You have, you have how when the odds were stacked against you, God came in and turned everything around. You have when you thought you would never make it, God came in and because of Him you did make it. 
you have when the flood was coming he raised you up as a standard above it and the flood passed through but you were still standing not because of you not because of your strength not because of what you could do but because of Jesus Lord we just thank you for such sacrifices are pleasing to him we wouldn't think that it would be a sacrifice to do good Bible says it is and such sacrifices are pleasing to the father and Joshua 1 and 9 it also says yes be bold and strong be bold and strong banish fear and doubt the only way you can banish fear and doubt is to recognize what it is because it likes to creep in when you're not paying attention it likes to come in when you're not looking. It likes to slip in the back door and hang around your kitchen when you go get coffee in the morning. It likes to plant ideas in your mind and in your brain. Fear and doubt trying to work its way in. The Bible tells us in Joshua 1 and 9 to banish it. Well, Lord, I pray that we recognize it so we know what we're banishing. I pray that our eyes are open, Lord God, that it can't slip in on us. I pray that we can see the enemy's face so that we can recognize him and run him off as soon as we see him hanging around our house. For remember, the most powerful words I know how to say it, the Lord God is with you. Oh, we forget that so often, Lord. Please forgive us for, for forgetting. When we're in the midst of a battle, we forget that you are with us. When we're facing adversity, Lord God, we forget that you're there. But Lord, in the midst of that, quicken to our memory that you are with us, that we never stand alone, that we're in the palm of your hand, that there is nothing above the earth, beneath it or in it that can take us out. Lord, you're always with us. We thank you for that. Let's take a few moments and get in our groups of, you know, three or four people. Let's take a moment and pray for the strong marriages.
tonight as we continue praying. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, it talks about the construction of two houses. Both houses faced the same circumstances, but the end result was different. And I want you to see what caused the difference in the results. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Somebody say solid rock. Though the rains come and torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it was built on a bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and does not obey it, it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. Somebody say sand. When it rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What was the difference? Both faced adversity. Adversity doesn't pick and choose what house it wants to face. It comes at all of us. But the difference here is that Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teachings, and then not just listen, but anyone who listens and follows, he says, it is, you are wise. And it says, those of us who want to see our marriages last, the test of time and face the test, we've got to follow what God has already said. Because he says, when you listen and you follow, it's like a man who's built his house on a bedrock. The storms are coming, the flood's coming, the wind's coming. But the difference in the result is what you believe, what you've trusted in, what you've relied on, and what you practice, and how you live, and what your marriage reflects. So tonight, Nadine is going to talk a little bit about and pray over our second prayer focus for marriages tonight. Our second prayer focus tonight is uh, we want to pray for those marriages who are struggling and to seek help from the Word of God. Father God, we come to you tonight. We stand upon the Word of God, and we trust you, Lord God, that what, what you have joined together, let no man, no storm, no, no, no adversity, no mountain come and set them apart. We declare that they will stand together as one in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for every heart in the marriages, every husband's heart, every wife's heart, that you would soften their hearts as they hear the Word of God, and that the Word of God will begin to change mindsets and feelings and emotions and setbacks and bitterness. We rebuke all of that by the blood of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for every husband and wife that they will come together and begin to serve one another in the spirit of love as unto Christ. That they will begin to love one another and help one another and speak kind words, do acts of kindness, consider each other more than themselves. That we will put our spouse over ourselves and we will put their needs over the needs of ourselves. And we will think about them over the needs of thinking about ourselves. And that we will begin to serve one another in spirit and in truth and in the spirit of love. And that every heart that is divided in the marriage relationship, that by the blood of Jesus, that those walls will come down tonight in the name of Jesus. And that they can clearly see each other for who God sees them, how God sees them. And that they'll come together in one spirit and in one mind in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we declare it tonight that every struggling marriage will begin to grow strong in the Lord and they, they shall remain from here until death. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we declare Matthew chapter 20, chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. When you said in your word, Jesus, you taught this, that anyone who hears the teachings, anyone who hears counsel, and hear the truth of God's word applied to the struggle of the marriage and they listen and hear it and apply it to their lives, they will begin to build that broken marriage and place it upon 
that which is strong, which is the truth of God's word. So, Lord, we declare that every struggling, struggling marriage will submit to wise counsel. We pray now that every struggling marriage will submit to the counsel of those godly men and women who you have placed in the body of Christ to pour into them, to help them repair the breaches, to help them repair the broken foundations, the broken walls, to repair the ceiling that is leaking. Lord, we pray for every struggling marriage that they will follow after the word of God. Every kingdom man, every kingdom woman, Lord, they will follow your truth. And in following your truth, you will mend broken places. You will bind up broken hearts, Lord God. You will set at liberty those that are bruised, oh God, because it is because of the anointing that the yoke is destroyed in every marriage. Lord, we declare it tonight that these struggling marriage, they will make up in their mind, both the husband and wife, to follow after God's counsel, to follow after God's truth. And may the truth of God's word prevail over every struggling marriage. We crush that spirit of selfishness in the name of Jesus. We destroy that I mentality in the name of Jesus. For Paul said, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. May this be the prayer of every husband. May this be the prayer of every wife. As we represent you, O God, and we declare a heart to receive wise counsel. In the name of Jesus, we get new groups and you can continue praying.
our next um, session is very near and dear to my heart because a lot of people don't realize that I came from a divorced family. And when you come with siblings, you look at one another and you see the consequences of it. And I grew up in a season where it wasn't acceptable to be divorced. And I have two older brothers. And out of the three of us, I made it. That's not a good statistic, one out of three. But in this day and time, there isn't anyone that's not touched by divorce that isn't aware of abuse, that doesn't know what it's like to be lonely and feel rejection and abandonment. We see that in our children just in schools and just random abandonment, things that they're just a little different and people will call them out for that. And there's just a current to me of divorce in our society where we just practice it. We leave people behind. We don't go back and say, no, I'm not staying in this. You can't break relationship with me. We do that even with our own children. I know there was a season in my life where I, I told my kids, I'm a life sentence. That's all there is. This is, I'm going to be with you to the end. God gave you to me. That's how it's going to be. And I, I feel like we need to stand on those things tonight, take our families back, pull them back, claim them back, heal them, love them, hold them, cherish them, help them reach their best potential do what God fearfully and wonderfully made them. He gave you those children. It was a divine appointment. He gave you that husband, divine appointment. He gave you that wife, divine appointment. When I get to heaven, I know he's going to ask me, what did you do with that husband I gave you? What did you do with those children I gave you? It doesn't matter how much money I made, how many wonderful awards I got or anything. He's going to ask, what did you do? with what I gave you, who I knit in your wound, the man I gave you to stand with. So this is really my heart. I just want to share it with you. (laughs) Um, We're going to pray for those who are divorced, abandoned, abused, discouraged, and that they and their children would be healed. Um, The scripture is, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think about, you know, Jesus on the way to the cross. And I think about everything that I've described he experienced on the way to the cross. Where were the disciples when he was in that desperate hour? What were the people yelling and screaming at him? Where was he going? How was he abused and scourged? And did he earn any of it? Did he deserve any of it? But he went to the cross. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly. And NLT says, because I'm humble and of gentle heart, gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You know, when he was on the cross, it was forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. I think many times when we're angry and bitter and upset with different people in our life, how different it would be if we thought, hmm, they really don't know what they're doing. Where's our compassion and mercy at those moments when they're doing things, they're saying stuff, and we're letting those arrows pierce us instead of thinking like, maybe they don't realize the consequence of this. Let me love them through it. Why do I change? Because they're mad. Can't I just still love them? Do I have to not ever speak to them again because they're mad? Or am I going to be the one reaching out? Am I going to be the one forgiving? Am I going to be that person? And are we going to teach our kids that? You know how important it is just to model that to your children. We're not talking just tonight about your current family, but think about generations ahead. How are your children going to raise their children and their children going to raise their children? Generations we won't even see will remember that tonight you came and made a decision to stand with people who have gone through this journey, who are in this place, and you made the journey to love them through it day by day, step by step. How powerful. If you just do that with one person, you can change generations to come. A lot of times when people go through divorces, you know, families split up. All of a sudden, they're not talking to each other. You know how ridiculous that is? This is a sister to you. 
God appointed them in your family. This is a brother to you appointed in your family, and all of a sudden you're not friends. You sat at each other's Christmas table. You celebrated birthdays. You, how could you not make the journey with them? Love them through it. They can't see the consequence because they can't see that far down the road. But those people that are in those broken places have been in those broken places. And you get down the road and you can kind of look back and see what God's done. Because you know it's not in your flesh to do it. He said um, in Psalms 147.3, he said, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. There's another verse in Psalms that says, He gathers your tears. There isn't a tear that falls from your eye that he isn't aware of, that he hasn't gathered. He doesn't let it hit the ground. He knows our brokenness. There are a lot of times we think we're hiding things from people that are around us, but you can tell from someone's countenance when they have a brokenness about them. And hurt people hurt people. You know, when somebody's going through a hard time, a lot of times they say things they don't mean, they do things they don't mean. And it's our job in life to recover them. This isn't who you are. I love you. God loves you. I'm going to make this walk with you. I'm going to, can we have coffee? Can we talk? Can I spend time with you? Fellowship with you? What I know is that at this time, I just want to pray with you because the brokenness that we have is so prevalent that it's getting to the point where many of us in the house of God are like not even getting pierced by it anymore. There's just so much of it. And it needs to pierce our heart. You know people who are struggling. And you don't even have to have words. Sometimes just sit with them. Just hold their hand. Touch them when you pass them in the hallway. Make eye contact. (laughs) You know, love on them. Ask them how they're doing. Makes a world of difference because it says, I value you. I want relationship with you. Father God, we just ask, Father God, that everyone who is broken, Father God, everyone who's been broken through relationships, through any type of abandonment, rejection, any type of loneliness, Father God, that they would know first and foremost that you were always with them, that you are willing to take any pain, any grief, anything that they are under, Father God, that you will carry that burden with them, Father God. You will also cast it off, Father God, because the truth is true, but there are many, many times it's not the truth at all. It's the truth that's been thrown upon them, and it says so much more about the person who said it than even they know. We ask, Father God, that you just tender our hearts and give us compassion for those that are broken. Hurt people. Hurt people who are hurting people, Father God. What a difference this world would be if we could just get them to a place where they would not hurt any longer, Father God. We ask, Lord, that you would show us your ways, Father God, that we'd be able to pour into them in ways that that only you could direct our path, Father God. You be in the details of each and every situation, Father God. You know their heart cry. You know ours, Father God. I know you hear the cries of praying moms and dads, Father God. We weep for our children. We weep for our friends and family and people that we know that are struggling, Father God. As we stand in the gap for them tonight, Father God, we bind the enemy from them, that he would never have dominion, that each and every life that we're speaking of and thinking of right now, Father God, would be saved by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you claim your children. You loved them before we even knew them, Father God. When you appointed them into our family, Father God, you made us a unit, a unit that would stand together, that would war together, Father God, against the things that we can't see, Father God. You said as we stood at their weddings, Father God, that we would be, we witnessed this. We witnessed it to testify to their vows, to remind them of their vows to love them through their marriage, knowing that even when we struggle, Father God, the battles that we face, we know that they're not going to be immune to it. And their young love, they can't see it, Father God, but we already know. We ask, Father God, that you would just give us the words, that you would order our steps, that you would direct our path. Let the Holy Spirit prompt us, Father God, to love them and pour into them in ways that only you could direct us, Father God. Let you be in the details of each and everything we do, Father God, as we pray for them and we stay steadfast in prayer and steadfast in loving them, Father God. When they're feeling rejection and abandonment, Father God, that they would feel us praying for them that they would feel your angels securing a spot for them, Father God. We thank you, Lord, right now that you are recovering them, protecting them, and drawing them back, Father God. 
as we meet in our small groups and think and pray for each individual person that you're thinking of, family members that you're thinking of, even adults who are just unable to even make a commitment because of the things that have happened to them in their life and in their dating situation. Father God, let us reach out and pray for those people, Father God. We thank you, Lord, right now for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name.
prayer need that we have tonight is to pray for families that are under stress. Wow. I believe that would be all of us. Uh, stress is uh, part of our culture, it seems, but stress is it's not good for you. It's probably behind most sickness that we experience. Probably the number one cause of most of our medical problems. So we want to pray for these families. I'm holding my help meets hand tonight. This is the most precious gift that God has given to the body of Christ is our relationships. And if there's one thing that Satan seeks to destroy, it's this union right here. The scripture that we have tonight is uh, from the book of Psalms chapter 34, and I love this one. If I would have uh, had Pastor Ben's uh, power, which I, maybe I could have uh, texted Chuck, and I would have underlined one word. So here it is. It's, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. I love that word, radiant. In fact, I want to share the definition with you. Number one is reflecting beams of light. God wants us to be the kind of people and the kind of church and the kind of marriages. Wow. He's a God of miracles. He wants us to be the kind of couples that reflect beams of light. And there's only one light to reflect. And that is the light of the world. Jesus Christ. That's what we are. Number two, vividly bright and shining. This should be our marriages in the body of Christ. Marked by expressive love marked by expressive confidence and marked by expressive happiness that's what we should be radiant you know I think it's important that we pray together one thing we do every single night before we go to bed as we lay in bed is we join hands and we pray. And you say, what do you pray about every single night? It's, sometimes it's hard to stop praying. We pray for every one of our children. Whether they're grown or still a teenager, we pray for them. We pray for future grandkids. We pray for our parents. We pray for our siblings. We pray for our nieces and nephews. We pray for every pastor and his wife and their families pray together. I, I remember we were doing a devotional one night before going to bed and by Craig Rochelle, and he said, pray together because it's hard to stay mad when you have to pray. You know, you can't, it's, it's going to be hard to, to go to bed mad at each other when you have to pray. So just pray together. It's so important. Uh, we are the living, breathing examples of the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church. That's what we are. That is a great privilege, but it's also a tremendous responsibility. For those that are experiencing stress, for those that are experiencing sickness, for those that are experiencing trouble in finances, with addictions, for those that are deployed, you know someone that is struggling. Don't just pray for them. Reach out to them. Buddy up to them. Check on them. Make a phone call. Text them. Attach yourself to someone and make sure they survive. Let Jesus work through you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that by the power of radiant energy flowing through us, people can see Jesus Christ. And I thank you that when we do call to you, you hear us. 
You save us out of all of our troubles. Thank you, God. You're ever close to those. You're, you're near to the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. I thank you, God, that you would be with them. Those that, that are just beyond answers. Clear the fog that they might see the answer. For those that are hurting, that are dealing with sickness, that are dealing with financial difficulties, that are dealing with relational problems with their children, uh, conflict at work, conflict with a neighbor, conflict anywhere, those that are alone, maybe uh, separated by a, a job or deployment, God, would you be with them and would you just send forth your spirit? And would you speak to our hearts, God, to not just bow our heads and pray, but also to be the kind of people who are doers of the word. Teach us to reach out to people and, and, and tangibly love them and care for them. We are your body. Work through us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can go ahead and break up to your groups again.
as we look as we look at our next focus tonight. We want to begin to pray for those who are waiting for marriage. And the scripture that we use in here for this one is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for evil, and to give you a future and a hope." So as I was thinking about this throughout the week, and I was reading over this verse, and obviously it's one we've we've heard many times. And the thing that I obviously look at the most there is the idea that we have a future and we have a hope. And that hope is in Christ, in Christ alone. So then I paralleled that and put that together with this idea of praying for those that are waiting for marriage. And my first thought was, well, that's somebody that's looking right now for somebody. And it is. But then I also thought that, you know, we're up until that point of marriage, we're all preparing and waiting for marriage, right? I think of my kids. They're preparing and waiting for marriage despite whether they know it or not. And we encourage them that all the time. And we talk about we talk about their spouse, and we talk about that we're going we're gonna to pray for who God's got for them. But, you know, I was thinking the, the idea of them preparing, and for us as that are married here, is it's our responsibility as married couples, as godly couples, to show them what they're looking for, and to show them what they need, and for me to present to them what it means to be a godly father, and for them to see what it means to be a godly mother. So I want to pray for those tonight as well, but also for those of you that are here in, in our church that you are ready to get married and you're ready for Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright to walk in the door and um, it's just not happening you know and I guess there's could be some frustration um, I think back to my life when you know, Rachel and I've been married now for over 15 years and we got married still in college um, against most people's thought that it was a good idea you know and I, I think back on that and I can remember talking with Pastor Vern at the lighthouse and uh, I got him for prayer and he says they said, what you want to pray for? I said, I just, I didn't know if this is the girl I need to marry. And um, I don't remember what he had. I know it was wise, and I know he prayed with me. But I can just remember in those moments, it's a big decision. It's a big deal. And we do want to be in a place of being prepared for that. But that brings us back to that verse, that we understand who we are in Christ, that he is our future, and he is our hope. Because if we lose sight of that, then the idea of the right marriage and the right person and how you're going to act in that is going to be a struggle. It's going to speak to points one through four that we've been through tonight with the struggles of stress and the struggles in marriages and everything that's going on. But I want to just pray for that tonight, that God would be the center of your life, that you would remain as us as guys, that we would remain pure in our thoughts and our relationships and our activities leading up to that moment, that we would not put that to the side no matter how old we are, that it's always important for us to remain pure in everything that we do. And then we would look to godly marriages around us and we would seek advice and we would ask questions. Those people that have been married 30, 40, 50, and 60 years, that we would talk to them and we would ask questions of them. It would not be something that we're too prideful, but that we would learn from them and we would learn from the body of Christ. God, I thank you, Father. God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand here, Father, and, and recognize, Father, and be excited about godly marriages. God, to be excited about the work that you're doing in people's lives. God, we also see the struggles that come with it. God, we understand, Father, that we need you in every one of those moments. And God, for those of us, God, that are here tonight, that are preparing for marriage at whatever age it is, that we would not lose sight, that you have this under control. Father, you have a plan for a hope and for a future, Father, not something that's going to hurt us, but things that are to bring you glory, that your name would be glorified. Either the right person is out there, Father, I pray, Father, that in these moments, God, that we just focus on you, God. God, that we do not lose sight of who you are, God, that we are intentional in our relationships to speak into the lives of younger generations, and that we're intentional to speak into the lives of the people around us. God, that for one thing, God, that your name, Father, would be glorified, God, that your name would be lifted high, and God, that through these marriages, God, that have success, God, it would be because of you, and God, it would be because they are out there advancing the gospel. God, that the picture of their marriage, God, would be a picture of you and your church. God, that it would change lives, God, not because of their great ideas, but because of the great work, God, that you did in their life. And as we break into groups, God, I pray we just continue, God, to focus on that. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Jesus. Just thank you, Lord. The last focus that we're going to pray about tonight is we're going to pray for peace, understanding, and a lasting legacy in our marriages. And I believe that the idea of mankind being able to dwell together in peace and understanding um, really began in the mystery of marriage in the very beginning. And, you know, when two people literally spend their lives together in intimacy on every level, day after day, year after year, 24-7, how can they do that with peace and understanding without the peace of God? How can they do that without the counsel of the Word of God for understanding? And how can we be an example to the world without the counsel of His Word? And so let's read Ephesians 5, 21 through 31. This is the message um, paraphrase. And I want you, as we go through it, you're going to start to see as, as it's talking about Jesus and the church, it's going to, you're going to start to see how husbands are to treat their wives just the way Jesus thinks of the church. So verse 21, out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that support your, uh, show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, Wives should likewise submit to their husbands. I love this part. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. There's that word again. Wives, don't you want a husband that does that with you, that just brings out the very best in you through his words? And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. And that's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. We're going to stop right there. Father, we just thank you, Lord that you would give us a spirit of respect in our marriages, God. Lord, some of us have lost the spirit of respect for each other. Lord, the world is hard and it comes against us hard and our days are hard sometimes. And sometimes when we come home, we've lost a spirit of respect for each other. Lord, sometimes there's couples that walk in the door and and they don't even get greeted by their spouse, God, because we've just lost that spirit of respect. And I pray for that right now in the name of Jesus in every marriage, Lord, in every marriage in the body of Christ, in every marriage in our church, God. Father, I pray for a spirit of courtesy. Lord, that as we act in courtesy to each other, Lord, sometimes we give more courtesy to someone in the store that we don't even know and we open the door for them and tell them hello more than we even give our own spouse the courtesy of opening the door and being gentle and kind with them. God, we pray for a spirit of reverence, Lord, that we would be reverent in our homes, that we would be reverent toward you, and that we would be reverent toward each other, and that as we do that, Lord, our children would see that it's good to be reverent to our God. It's good to have reverence in our home. Lord, give us wives the revelation that to support our husbands is to support you. 
To honor our husbands is to honor you. Father, we ask you to give our husbands the desire to surrender themselves to you. And in doing so, that they would provide the leadership that you have preordained them to provide. You have made husbands to be leaders and guides and fathers and counselors and protectors, Lord. I thank you, God, that as they surrender themselves to you, Lord, you teach them how to do that. Lord, teach our husbands how to cherish their wives as though they are something precious, breakable, tender. And as we live this way, Lord, our next generations, our children and our grandchildren will emulate this. In Psalms 103, 17, it says, But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear Him. His salvation extends to the children's children. Lord, we just thank you, God, that as we fear you, with we live in the fear of the Lord, that salvation would belong to our children and our children's children. God, that they would see the fear of the Lord in us, God, and they would live their lives that way. If, and in Psalms 100, Psalms 105, it says, For the Lord is good, His unfailing love continues forever, and His faithfulness continues to each generation. We're praying over our generations right now. We're living for our generations to come right now. We don't live for today. You have to live as if you are leaving something, planning something, planting something for the next generation because we're here for a short time. And what matters is what comes after us. How we live our life today makes the way for the future for those that come after us. You know, in Deuteronomy 6, it says to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and to teach this to your children to talk about the things that God has done when you're sitting at your house, when you're going about your day, when you lie down and when you get up, to get God's commandments inside of you and then inside of your children. We just say today, Lord, that we will follow you, that we will look beyond where we are, Lord, that we will think years from now when we look our children or our children's children in the eyes that we will be able to say we followed God and since I did you can do it too and in Joshua 24 15 you all know this scripture and I want you to declare it with me but as for but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord amen Amen. God, I thank you for those that have come to pray tonight. I thank you, Lord, that those we prayed for, many, many, many people we pray for tonight, we don't even know who they are. We may never know them, God. But, Lord, I thank you that as you have heard the cries of our prayers, that there will people will be people who say, I don't know who, but somebody prayed for me somewhere. Somebody was praying for me because I was lost. And God found me. We don't know who they are, Lord, but they are yours. And we stand in the gap for them tonight. For those we know and those we don't know. And we just thank you, Lord, that at the appropriate time, as you've heard our cries, Lord, you will take those people and you will turn their life around. And you will set them on a right path. And we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be able to pray, knowing that you hear our prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for changing the world. I promise you it'll never be the same. But what's taking place here? I charge you as you leave to love one another as Christ loves you. And we will see you on Sunday. You're dismissed. God bless you.